Judy was boring. Hello. Then Judy discovered Jumbacasino.com. It's my little escape. Now Judy's the life of the party. Oh, baby, mama's bringing home the bacon. Whoa, take it easy, Judy. The Chumba life is for everybody. So go to ChumbaCasino.com and play over 100 casino-style games. Join today and play for free for your chance to redeem some serious prizes. ChumbaCasino.com. No purchase necessary. Voidware prohibited by law. 18 plus terms and conditions apply. See website for details. Step into the world of power, loyalty, and luck. I'm going to make him an offer he can't refuse. With family cannolis and spins mean everything now you want to get mixed up in the family business introducing the godfather at chumpacasino.com test your luck in the shadowy world of the godfather slot someday i will call upon you to do a service for me play the godfather now at chumpacasino.com welcome to the family no purchase necessary vgw group void where prohibited by law 18 plus terms and conditions apply from the Fifth Quarter Studios in Madison, Wisconsin, you're listening to Coach Unplugged. And now, your host, Steve Collins. Hey, everybody. Welcome, welcome, welcome to Coach Unplugged. I am so happy that you decided to join us. Um, if you like this podcast, you should go over and listen to a bunch of the other ones in our in our network with like... The Five Minute Basketball Coaching Podcast, your high school hoops, your coaching youth hoops, all of those are, I think, interesting. And uh, we would love if you left a five star review. You can leave those one star reviews at home. Um, but before we jump into the topic today, I'd like to give a big shout out to our sponsors. First of all, Dr. Dish. Um, mention Coach Unplugged, and you'll get four hundred fifty dollars off. You'll get great customer service. It is. Um, it is. I can tell you from uh, someone that's still coaching, it has helped my team immensely. I can't tell you the number of shots that we have taken on our Dr. Dish machines. And then also go over and check out teachhoops.com for coaches who want to get better. You know, 25 years ago when I took over a program that no one wanted, that hadn't had had five winning seasons in 35 years, um, I was the only applicant. No one wanted it. I would have killed for a resource like teachhoops.com. It took me took me years to turn it into a national powerhouse. And um, I I have put all that secret sauce inside of teachhoops.com. So come over and check it out. 14-day free trial. It will give you the roadmap. It will give you me. It will give you one-on-one calls and office hours and, and a community of like-minded coaches. I think you'll love it. Let's head off to the podcast. All right. Yeah, we'll get going. All right, shoot away. Shoot away. All right. So I got like uh, sixth grade boys. Okay. In Dublin, Ohio, here, but um, so I guess we're trying to run like the read and react. I've never coached it before. Yep. And uh, the sixth graders, I had one practice with them so far. Okay. I uh, came, gave them like principles. Okay. Uh, kind of, they were able to do it pretty well. I was kind of impressed with their ability. And the fourth graders, I guess, is where the trouble is. They, but I, I, I don't think I gave them principles so much. I was kind of like telling them, like, okay, if you're in the corner, you do this. If you're in the wing, you do this. If you're in the point, you do this. And maybe that's harder to do than if I just say, you know, if you pass cut. As I yeah, I w- yeah. For the especially for those younger ones, I would keep it really simple. <laughs> um. So the the you said sixth grade, right? The first one. Yeah. Yeah. So four, were four. they doing any specific things over and over again? Um. I kind of had them like. Like passport, we, we we haven't got to like drive yet, so there's no driving going on. Okay. Just, like passing and cut, and I had them do like four passes on the outside, and then they would kind of like hit the cutter, and the cutter would do a layup. That's kind of 
for about like 15 minutes, like kind of a thing. Yep, yep. So, so passing and cutting is gonna, what they're, it's going to be like their crutch, <laughs> um, <laughs> which is fine, but they're not going to get a lot of scores off of that. It's more about keeping balance. So they will automatically pass and cut. That will be, you won't even, I mean, if you came in tomorrow and did this with them, they would do that automatically. They'd probably fill the five spots, especially the older kids, and then they would pass and cut. So the percentage, because I, I, I looked over my last couple of years because we're tweaking some things in our offense with this, and how often you actually make that pass to the cutter and score off it is really small. It's hard to do it. It's hard for NBA guys to do it. Okay. Um, so you're going to want to teach them to do – once you've done this once or twice, I won't even worry about cutting anymore. I would worry about another layer that you could add that will take – Every other yeah. layer but cutting is going to take more time. Um, okay. So whether it's you want them to screen away, whether you want them to cut and then back screen, whether you want them to drive or dribble and then you know curl behind, whatever you think they're capable of doing, whatever that next step is, that's where you should spend your time. Because my guess is that the passing and cutting is going to take care of itself. All right. Um, it would be interesting. It would be an interesting experiment if you came in and said, all right, let's try this. I bet if you sat back and watched for like 30 seconds, they would all pass and cut and replace. Um, and there's no, if there's, especially if there's no defense, it's going to look good. Um, but yeah. as soon as you put some defenders in there and they don't let them cut or they, you know, it's hard to make that pass to the cutter, you, it'll be harder to score. That makes sense. All right. <laughs> I guess I was going over like some different things too. Let me think. The the inbounds plays. Yep. Yeah, I was looking at, at their classes, the courses and stuff. Yep. I was thinking of doing like a line. This is with both of them. I was gonna do like have like three of them on the foul line, and then like one like the post uh, by the ball. Yep. And this is, I don't I forget what you guys call this, but maybe like a triple curl or something, but like the, the guy at the post comes up and screens and then all three of them curl around that screen towards yep. the basket kind of thing. Yep. I would, I would. So especially at this age, I would pick one set. Like if you want to do line at the free throw line or you want to do a stack or you want to do a box, I would just pick one of them okay. and then maybe pick one or two variations of it. Um, just because it's easier for them to remember. I wouldn't like, I wouldn't, I wouldn't cross pollinate different types of out of bounds okay. plays. I would basically pick one and stick with it. And then if something doesn't work, you can just kind of tweak off of that. So if you like the one at the free throw line, then yeah, you could do the curls. And then maybe the next time I'm telling you right now at this age, <laughs> if you teach them to cut hard, it will work. Um, oh, okay. You know, that's like another one. I think like the, the other, like the variation was like, uh, yeah, uh, the one goes back, the middle one goes back, right? Yeah, and the thing is, what you could do with and the them two up too. front, like cross or something. Yeah. yeah. So what you could do with them is teach them that they it can change every time. You know, maybe the guy on the right or the left taps the person, and then the reach of them, so they know which way they're going, and then just have them cut. Just like all four of you are going to cut to the basket. If they cut really hard, one of them will be open, especially at that age, because they're going it, to – it's – yeah, it's just hard for them to jam and stop the cuts. 
So it's not even the screening. That's why I think at that age, cutting and curling is really good. Um, and it's a great way to get some easy buckets, to be honest with you, because you're moving at the basket right. more than your offense. Like, yeah. I mean, you're, how much are you really going to – the offense is important, and don't get me wrong, but you're going to only run that <laughs> at that age 20% of the time probably. You know, the rest of it's going to be transition. The rest of it's going to be out-of-bounds plays. The rest of it's going to be a steal or a turnover, and you're going to go. Um, so I would spend a lot of time I'm just remembering back to my son when he was that age that I probably spent too much on offense <laughs> um, for this percentage of times we actually ran it in a half court and work more on what are we going to do when they turn it over? What are we going to do in transition? What are we going to do getting the ball up the court? Um, it's one of those hard things. Do you think one of those better than the other? Do you think like uh... – you think the line's better than the box or the other way around? I, 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 yeah. It, describe your team. Oh, geez. <laughs> Are they a bunch of all same sizers? Do you have a couple big skyscrapers? Do you have guards? Do you have bigs? Do you have a mixture? Yeah, a lot of guards, really. I think I was, I was planning on playing five out. We don't really have anybody that like posts up at all. You know what I mean? Yeah. So have- if you've got five, if you've got five guards, get them away from the basket so they can use their quickness to, because there'll be some times where bigger guys are on them and you want them curling and cutting. So I'd, I wouldn't, definitely would not use box with a, with a guard set. I would use something where you can just pull them away from the basket and get them okay. moving. Um, the, the, the hard part, and it's been a while since I've had to do it with that age, but the hard part is to find the guy to throw it in, to be honest with you. Oh, really? <laughs> so, <laughs> so that's where you got to experiment. Who's... So, because sometimes your best passer is your best scorer too. So there's this fine balance between, but especially if you're cutting and curling, you got to have somebody that can actually thread that needle. Um, and usually there's one or two on every team that can do that. So that's you got to experiment with that a little bit and figure out which of the people can thread the needle on that pass. And then you'll see that in practice more than anything. Right. Okay. Uh. I was thinking about using like a similar thing, like when it's um on the side, also. Like. Yes, I would use the exact same thing. I would line them up. Anything. Yep, I yeah. wouldn't. And then, and then I've said this before. On would they I, still face the basket, or would they face the ball on the on the uh, side? I, I would line them. I would, I've always found at that age, just put them in a line facing the guy throwing it in. Okay. Because then they can curl, they can cut, they can do all that. I wouldn't put. I wouldn't put it. Yeah, I would put it perpendicular to the line that the sideline that you're throwing it in. If you know math, yes, I want to put it parallel. I per- right. put it perpendicular. Um, yes, and, and the thing is, what if you, if you get good at these, you could use these as your press break too. Like a basic okay. line for press break, as long as they're cutting, is really good. So you don't have to reinvent the wheel when you get pressed. Like if you're out of bounds, plays a, a, a line parallel to the baseline and they're just cutting, you could do the exact same thing for a press break and then just teach them to cut. Um, yeah. Yeah, so good out of bounds plays are also good press breaks. My college uh, coach taught me that. And it's true. <laughs> yeah. So uh, I was wondering, so like um, we're working on this thing where it's like a numbered uh, transition so if they score or we rebound, I was going to have like some wings go out, try to get some guys underneath. 
get it, get the ball to a point guard and, you know, not a lot of dribbling, just like yep. three passes and get it under the basket for us to score you know, before the other team gets down. But then I'm, I'm thinking, well, what if they're pressing? Well, the, the best way to break right. a press is to get it up before they can press you. So that I have no issues with that. I have had many an argument with my assistant coaches. I don't love a numbered break. Um, okay. I love my point guard to get the ball, but then this is from my playing days a long time ago. Um, I, I like the freedom of like, just get out and get to a wing and get wide. Whoever gets down there first can go. Um, so the numbered break, especially at this age is going to be hard. And just because you probably don't have enough practices, it's going to be frustrating on your part to run a numbered break. Um, other than maybe the point guard getting it, if you definitely need him to bring it up or, um, so what I would work on is spacing. It's similar to the half court, all right? The point guard gets the ball. Where is everyone going? Well, are you going down the wing? What do you? Wh where is your spacing? Who's trailing? Those kind of things. And then, I mean, they'll love practicing that. You won't have a hard oh, time yeah. motivating. <laughs> so that's the <laughs> good thing about it. I guess what, if the ref's handing, us, handing it to us on the – they're pressing that – then maybe we do like our inbounds play then. Yep. Break. Yep. Maybe that's the time that we do the inbounds. Otherwise we just do this, get wide and get down. Yep. Yep. Thing. Okay. And the thing is if they're cutting, it's hard when, when they, when they cut across, it's hard. It's, it's hard to, if the cuts are strong and, and, you know, diagonal to where they are with the ball, then it's really hard to defend. Um, but it's going to take some practice and, you know, you can do this, but the way I kind of teach this is no dribbles, um, both on the offense and the defensive end until you, until you, if you're doing the read and react, until you teach them how to dribble on the read and react. But, um, a lot of press breaks, a lot of out of bounds plays, I want to do it without us, uh, out, without us having to dribble at all. So if you do this press break and, or you do the, the break, they should almost be able to, to run the break without any dribbles. And if, if they need any, maybe it's the initial point guard. But if they're sprinting, they shouldn't need any dribbles. It will teach them to look up and look for guys ahead of them if they can't dribble. If they can dribble, unless they're different in Ohio than they are in Wisconsin, they're going to want to take like six dribbles before they get rid of the ball. <laughs> and the way you break them of it is take it away from them. And they'll, they'll force their heads up and to look up the court. All right, okay. I guess uh, like with the we're thinking of so the one team the older ones they can start playing zone this year for the first time. Okay. It's, it's always been man to man until sixth grade. Now they're letting us do zone if we want. And I, I was thinking doing like a zone when we're pressing them, and then also maybe if for whatever reason we're having problems with our man to man on certain matchups, going to like a zone. And I was thinking like doing like a one three one. I don't know if. And I, I my thought is like to trap like so if we're doing one three one if if we can trap them in the front court like we're close to where they pass it in trap them in that corner yep and not try to trap in the middle at all yep don't don't trap in the middle at all because there's just too many angles so yeah the one three one the one three one three quarter court is really effective um and part of it's playing cat and mouse you want to put your best athlete on top you want to put your probably your smallest athlete in the bottom you're going to put your strongest kid in the middle and then your two uh -oh. best athletes on the wings. 
Which one's in the middle again? The the the, the big the, whoever can because the ball can't get in the middle. If the ball gets in the middle against a one three one, you're done. So whoever's okay. your best post defender should go in the middle. Post defender, okay. Yeah, it's like it tends to be the bulky kid, the maybe not as um, agile of kid, but the, you have to take the middle away. If the ball gets in the middle, we're to you're toast. <laughs> yeah you're you're you you're, you're done our rule is if the ball gets in the middle we're running back at that point we're matching up or we're going back into the half court okay and if we're in the half court playing one three one then just uh a thing and just uh try to trap in the corner yep i would i wouldn't try if once it gets past half court i wouldn't trap yeah. up top it's really hard unless you're long i would only trap in the corners um in a spec <laughs> Now, sixth grade boys is a little different, but it will, it will work because they can't really make the pass from that corner to the opposite wing. Oh, yeah. Yeah, because they're not strong enough. Um, right. So that's where that st the steel, they're going to try to make it, and that's where the steel is going to come from. So I would definitely work on trapping in the corner with the guy in the bottom and the wing, and you'll get some steals. Trust me. You spend a little time on it, you'll, it will work. It will be like gold. Yeah. <laughs> I mean, it will be good for it will be good for changing pace and tempo. I would still play a lot of personally would still play a lot of man in sixth grade just because they need it. Um, but this is a really this would be a good change up. And if you really want to press and you're running man, you could just you know run and jump. You could teach them to double the ball on a dribble or when they pick it up, we're gonna go at them. Some basic stuff like that. Um, you know, we when I did it with when I was. I was talking to Logan today about coaching his team in sixth grade. Um, we used to do just the first pass. Like, they dribble it over half court, and usually the first pass is to a wing. So we would call it like – I don't even remember what we called it. But the ball would go to the wing. Point guard would bring it up. Ball would go to the wing, and we'd trap. And we'd do it once. We'd trap just once, and then we'd be in our man. And we'd score five, six times a game out of it because people aren't ready for it. They don't know when it's coming. Um, uh. So that, that element of surprise can, especially at that age, can really be effective. Okay, awesome, awesome. All right, one more, Coach, and then I got, I got another one after you. <laughs> okay, which one? Uh, I guess if you have a player that, like, like doesn't want to do things during practice, I mean, what do you do with the kid? I mean, I was like, how about we play knockout? And the kid's like, no, I don't want to play knockout. And then even like we were gonna do like a like a cheer at the end, you know, just put your hand in and do like a team cheer. And he's like, "No, nah, I don't want to do that." Like, oh my god, what's up with this kid? So those are hard. Those are that <laughs> kid's probably there because mom or dad or grandma wants them to be there. Um, so what I've done in the past with those kids is you got to find what makes them kind of click. <laughs> um, <laughs> And it might be Star Wars, it might be Marvel, it might be, you know, they might be a math kid, they might be whatever. You got to, if you, if you connect with them in that age, they'll run through a wall for you, but you got to figure out what makes them click. And obviously it's not basketball at this point. Um, so that's a hard, that's a hard one. And, and I would definitely try to connect with the parents on that one. Because I've had to do this. It's like, well, Jenny doesn't really want to be here. Maybe he needs to take up curling, you know, kind of thing. Um, I think maybe he got upset because I was like, uh, he wanted to scrimmage, like four and four scrimmage. There's eight kids on our team. Right. And I kind of like, I don't know, I didn't want to do it because I'm like, well, that's going to be kind of a waste of time. I didn't say that to him, but I just kind of 
pretty often at the end we kind of ran out of time i wonder right. if i kind of set him off or he's like i really wanted to do this and we didn't do it or something it could be at that age yes i would say yes and and to be honest with you every every practice i would have to try to have something especially at that age something that kind of hooks them so something fun something whatever maybe we're playing for maybe we're playing knockout for a gatorade or we're gonna you know you know, have a, a one-on-one horse tournament or something, and then the winner gets a Gatorade or something. I, I don't know. They swear to God, my guys, my 12th graders still remember all doing all those fun games with them in sixth grade, fifth grade. So, um, yeah, find something like that. They'll remember those. They won't remember you run and read and react, but they'll remember those <laughs> games, to be honest with you. Okay. All right. Um, all right. L- thanks, Coach. Let me know if you have any other questions. Okay, great. All right. Thanks. Bye. Have a good one. Hey, everybody. I hope you enjoyed the podcast. If you want to hear other podcasts by Coach Collins, go over and check out High School Hoops and Teacher Side Gig, and then go over and subscribe to all of them and leave all of them five-star reviews. That would be great. Um, And then if you have 30 seconds after that, go over and check out teachhoops.com for coaches who want to get better. Have a great day. Sports Social Podcast Network.